A reading from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 to 9. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs alight and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look upon us, we pray, for we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the, at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. When I was looking up commentaries for this morning's passage, I kept thinking, why is it they keep going on about Advent? It's not Advent yet, surely. But of course it is. Today marks the beginning of the new church year. Every year, despite the fact that it's always 52 weeks since the last one, despite it always landing on the same date, it has, yet again, caught me unawares. I'm not ready, and I can even tell you now that come December the 25th, I will not be ready. I'll be hoping for at least another two weeks to get myself organised, to get the presents wrapped, to write my cards. Our passage is speaking of a similar conundrum. We're not told when, but we are giving pointers. And scripture tells us to be aware, to be ready, and to look for the signs. There's an urgency and an expectancy in the words. Before we get too excited about shepherds and stars, and about tinsel and cards and presents... Let's just take a minute to think about what these words that we have read to us are saying to us. Advent is a season when we prepare for Christmas, a season of darkness awaiting the dawn, a season of hope and expectation, when we hope that the thin veil between heaven and earth will be lifted. Too often, this world calls us to rush to Christmas, But that would mean cutting Advent, and Advent is important. Advent is the end of the church's year, as well as the beginning. We await the final unveiling of God's kingdom. Cut out Advent, and you lose half of the Old Testament and most of the New. Both Jews and Christians live with this tension of God's order appearing within the world's confusion and God's fiery light burning away in our shadows. The New Testament reuses the imagery of the old as it talks of God breaking through into world history. So what is it we're looking for in Advent? To believe in God's future is to see why it is vital to stay alert and take action in the present. Christmas in the Adverts may look cosy, but Advent is a time to prepare to take action in our world. Those who wait for the final unveiling of God's majesty and love are sustained by meditating on its first appearance. Advent is a time to prepare to meet God, and our readings suggest that this might be a sobering prospect. So it's very tempting to feel that we should be busy, making lists of things we need to do, people we must invite, places we must be. Our readings warn us, though, that there's something potentially quite worrying on its way. What Jesus is describing in our reading from Mark is terrifying and cataclysmic. And judgment doesn't sound so good either. So what is it we see Jesus suggesting Lots of buying, lots of singing of carols, running around like a headless chicken, one more final crash diet before the feasting. No, Jesus is saying, look, 
Keep awake. Be prepared. I don't see Jesus telling us to be so busy that we get to the festive season absolutely exhausted. But he tells us to look at the world and watch. Watch for signs of God. And this is not an easy thing to do. It's much easier to be busy or to look for where God is absent rather than see places where at any minute now God might break through. The people in Isaiah have come to see the world as empty of God. God, they complain, has withdrawn from them. So no wonder they're lost in sin. This is all God's fault. If only God would behave like God, like he used to in the old days, then people would behave again. If only he would rain down fire and make the mountains shake in awe, then of course people would serve him. Do something, God, the people shout. Let's have a bit of activity. Then, suddenly, in the midst of this melodramatic breastbeating and the accusing of God, the people see themselves. It's as though someone has suddenly put a mirror in front of them. They act out their rage and shame and shake their fists at God. But then, they suddenly realize they're not in charge. God is. They see themselves as people whose very existence is dependent on God. And with this realization, the mirror fills with the reflection, not of themselves, but of God. They remember suddenly who this God is, their maker and their father. God has not hidden himself from them, but they have been too busy being somewhere else, looking at everything but God. They need to learn to look again and see the world full of signs of God's mighty power and approaching presence. Like the disciples waiting for the Son of Man, so with Isaiah's people waiting for the return of God. They cannot be sure that what is to come will be comforting, but they do at least know it will be real and not some illusion through the tinsel. So Advent is a time of waiting and looking. What we look at is Christ, and what we see is the faithful God who from creation has waited for us and comes to us again in Christ. I pray that this Advent we will all take some time to wait on God. Amen.